Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 9, Flight of the Phoenix. I need to talk to Commander Adama right now. Why? It's Asylum Virus, all right. It's been learning your system, testing, adapting, finding weak spots. For what? So they can turn Galactica's systems against you. Crash you into other ships, detonate your weapons doors, suffocate the crews. What about you, the baby? I'm a liability to them. A mistake. Hilo, this logic bomb will run its course in a matter of hours. Once it does, the Asylums will be on top of us. They're gonna kill us all. All right, Mr. Anderson, we are back at it again. It's been a couple of weeks. We're here, and we're marching on through Season 2, Flight of the Phoenix. What do you think of this week's episode, sir? I enjoyed it. I would have to say, however, I think it's about the same level of last week's episode. Of Not as, not amazing. It's not a fucking blow-me-away episode, but it's a good one. I, I overall do enjoy it, but I have a few, I would say not issues with this episode, but issues with... The f- I wonder about how they're going to handle some things that are in this episode going forward. I'm starting to sort of be concerned about it a little bit, but interesting. Overall, I still I still enjoy concerned this. in what way? Like what they're going to do with certain characters? Like where are we going to go with this? How much more can we get out of this? Interesting. Starting to get a little a little bit concerned. Not like I'm. It's not like I'm like oh god, this is already going so bad. I'm just like hmm. I'm really starting to wonder how much further certain things can go on. Okay. Well, are you going to be specific? I will. When we get to him? I'm going to fucking dick tease a little bit. Cool. Um, Anything stand out to you this week? Um, Everything with Chief. Everything with Chief, dude. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, this is Chief's episode. Uh, I felt the most for him. I was the most concerned for him and like him. Uh, Yeah, and I think Chief deserves this kind of spotlight. It's been a little while. Yeah. Um, I... I think thus far in the series, this has probably, in my opinion, one of the most heartstring moments of the entire series, and that's when they present the ship to Laura at the end. That was mm. really worked for me. I love that scene. I thought it was a standout scene, a standout moment in the show, personally. Nice. Yep. That's my Especially favorite. They, don't all, they, all, they all don't know she's about to fucking croak in like two weeks. Well, that's what's so touching about the whole thing, you know? I mean... They did this thing for her, and it was just really cool. I liked it. I liked that that was the end result of the episode. Um, yeah. You know, I was, I was reading some reviews of this episode. I, I remember watching it back in the day, and I watched it again. And I was reading some of the criticisms about how you have, like, a, an A plot and a B plot, and they're not related, and I, was, and I couldn't disagree more, man. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it. I personally really liked this episode a lot. Um, I would say I liked it better than last week for sure. I'm just trying to remember, though, because we're two weeks out, and that always fucks me up a little. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I think it's probably a little bit better than last week, just because it's back to the, the normal format. Yeah, Final like Cut. A faux, I like a it a lot TV better episode. than Final Cut. Yeah. I will say that yeah. on record. Um, I like yeah. it a lot. I think this was, um, I think it was pretty cool. Um, I like that we are seeing some things set in that I would imagine would set in. I am... When I stopped watching this episode the first time, unlike yourself, I was actually pretty excited as to the prospect of where they were going to go now. 
um, with certain things, I thought, wow, this is uh, this is an opportunity to tell some some different stories, or at least to put some slants on current through lines and character backgrounds. So yeah, I'm curious uh, how we're gonna. I'm curious how we're gonna go along this week and how we may end up by the end of it. Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about it, kid. Yeah, let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's do it. Dive right in. So the chief. He. Uh, we start with the chief. This is very, but very much a chief heavy episode. Oh yeah. We do very get a reminder chief. on the previously on, which I think is pretty important, that they were infected with a Cylon virus once upon a time. Um, right. Right. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, we get this. I look especially in. need that. <laughs> Go ahead. I said I especially need those reminders. I'm like, okay, thank you, Battlestar. I, yeah, it's been a while. I like the. Um, I love the look in on the convoy, and then the chief having this moment with Viper two eight nine. He says, "How are you feeling today?" Kind of like a doctor. I he, know. He, I know. Yeah, he notes the fluid leakage. He's uh, running his hands across the hull, getting a feel for it. This uh, right. opening is a lot of. There's a lot of cross cutting with this card game. We see Starbuck, Racetrack, and Hot Dog playing cards. Hilo shows up, says hi to Starbuck, who's happy to see him. However, nobody else really is. In fact, nobody he kind of gets else. stonewalled right at the table. Cylon uh, fucker. Yeah, basically. Hilo, of course, laughs it off because he strikes him as an understanding chap. And, um, you know, the comments fall in love when he leaves. Starbuck says it doesn't matter. He saved her ass. How could anyone fall in love with a toaster? To which he says, same way I hear everyone was high-fiving Sharon right before she put two in Adama's chest. Right. There you go, man. It's a good way of putting it. It is a great also, way of putting it. <laughs> I don't care who he fracks, he saves my ass out there. Yep. Oh, Correct. Good good girl fucking Kara. What do you think about some of this stuff here, this buildup? Dude, the stuff that I would say the heart pulliest moments for me in this episode were poor chief by himself inspecting the ship and cutting back and forth to to him like with sharon and like caressing her and kissing her and everything that that was sad man like it just really drove home for me how lonely he is and how much he's lost uh in all of this and i mean it comes up pretty quickly later on when he talks about like you know without this project what the fuck do i have Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what he feels like anyways. Right. Uh, he feels fairly disconnected from everybody. He feels like he can't trust what he even, you know, cares about anymore. It destroys his trust in the world, what happened to Sharon. Um, yeah. And the fact that she's a Cylon. I feel for her, man. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely tugs on the heartstrings a little bit. And uh, he slaps that sticker on the hull, doesn't he? He marks it as scrap. Not, not going to scrap. Yeah, scrap. And it's interesting that, him running his hands across the hall is cut against his memories of Sharon and how we see him then slapping the tag on the ship, kind of mm-hmm. letting it go, but perhaps building on something new. It's, it's an interesting metaphor against the end of the episode with him and Sharon. Um, so right. I like that. I like the way these, these they tie together. So I guess you could say on the one hand, you have the physical threat, which is a Cylon virus, that's um, imminently going to provoke an attack by the Cylons against the fleet, and a massive attack at that. And then, of course, you have all of the internal struggle. And I like how we see the internal struggle has moved away from the paranoia of who is a Cylon to what's going on with the crew. How are they handling their lives now? Hilo is back. This is uncomfortable. There's going to be tension between him and Hilo. Uh, What about Callie when she gets out of prison as we see her? uh, A hero's welcome. 
for killing yeah. the thing that killed Adama. The whole deck crew, all of the chief's men are happy with her and she shot his girl. And I like this. This this is the shit that I liked about this show always. I liked all these conflicts, internal struggles. I liked the characters kind of being in each other's throats and seeing the differing perspectives. And I took this, all of this as, wow, what a fascinating way to move forward. When you have Starbuck of all people sympathizing with Hilo and where's Hilo going to fit into this? Like that, that was fascinating to me. This division within people who have spent time with these Cylons and learned of them kind of as people in Sharon's case, especially by the end of this episode. And then what that all means going forward and how everyone's going to interact and will trust be earned? Will it not be earned? Uh, what, what does it mean when there's an external threat to all of them? Will they band together or splinter apart? Uh, I liked that stuff in this episode for sure. Yeah. yeah. We see it yeah, boiling. Racetrack wants, to, wants this all to end. She's tired of the bullshit. She makes a joke about the Cylon whore teaching, uh, you know, Hilo some tricks. And then, of course, Starbuck slams her fucking head into the table. Yep. That was the last crack she could handle. I love the pause she has right there where she's like, It's great. Am I? Am I going to bust this bitch? Yeah, fuck it. It's worth it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, all right, screw it. Such a Starbuck move. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. But you get their point, too. They don't have these relationships with these people. They were just on a ship where this person tried to murder Adama and now this person is kind of back for all intents and purposes. And they don't have as much information as the brass and certainly the president and they don't know what's going on. How can they trust her? And so there's that, you know? Yeah. And that's, it's easy to forget that with Starbuck too. Like she's been in a pretty privileged position. She got to, to see the prophecy about earth, like with way more evidence than anybody else, you know, her and the people there who got to see those stone tablets, got to see, you know, the constellations. Like, mm-hmm. that gives your, you know, your faith an extra boost, whereas everybody else is kind of like, I don't know, I'm in the same place I've always been. Maybe there's Earth, maybe there's fucking not. Sure. Like, we're just we're just surviving. Yeah, and now we've got two times, because if you go before a final cut and you go to home one and two, you have a situation where you have Boomer helping them before, right? This is the second major help. I mean... You could argue she shaved the, the the whole fleet from annihilation, and that means a lot. And I'm looking forward to your perspective and talking about that when we get to the end there. Right. Yeah. But what do you think you of know, this? Th- like, what? What? Give me your thoughts. I'm not getting much from you. I'm curious because <laughs> I know you're. I know I, you're not high on it. So I'm trying to like get to the bottom of what yeah, you're thinking. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not low on it. I, I would say, I guess, if there's one thing that sticks out for me a little bit, it is, and it's more towards the end. That's kind of why I've been sitting on it. But um, it is with with Sharon. Uh, I'm basically starting to wonder, like, how long are we going to do this? Can we trust her? Can we not trust her thing? And mm-hmm. are we going to use her? And we're not going to use her. And, you know, how much can we ask from her? How much, you know, leeway can we give her? It, it kind of seems like that's the one dramatic question we have for her right now. Like she's kind of been in a way reduced to, well, she's a Cylon. What does that mean? Uh, maybe she's out to get us. Maybe she's not. And it's kind of like a, that's, that's pretty much the question she's been boiled down to. And in this, ep- in this episode, again, it's like she saves the day, essentially. You know, they have to use her Cylon knowledge to, to read the logic bomb, to decide what to do with it, to transfer the virus. And it's a cool moment. Like, the, the setup of it is all great. 
But then they still, you know, there's a little bit more of a, a nod of respect from Adama, you know, to her sure. in that moment. And she definitely sees it. They both kind of acknowledge it, but then they still take that thing back to the quarters. And I'm like, all right, well, we're still back to overall the same place with her. And I'm, I'm starting to just wonder, like, I, I, I worry about what kind of answers I'm going to get about this Sharon Cylon. And I, I, like, I feel like my confidence is just, it's not gone, but it's been shaken a little bit. I'm like, is she always just going to be in the, she's just going to be in the jail cell this whole season? Eh, I don't know. I'm just worried. Gotcha. It's, it's um, more just me hoping that this will be resolved in an interesting way. And I just don't know yet because I haven't seen it. So do you think that you, you, so you would rather her, so how about this? See, it's, it's difficult because I have perspective you don't. So I don't want to be unfair to your first time viewership. Do you think you would have felt better if they restructured the episode to where he like unlocks the cage at the end and lets her out to integrate into the fleet? Do you think that was enough for them to trust her? Do you like? Do you see what I'm saying? Right. I I definitely you know they they, they have Chief at the end coming in to talk to her and that I I liked that moment. I would have almost rather have had Adama or something like that in that moment. Really? Um, honestly, yeah. Like God, I do I, we I see want this one different. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like I said, I like that moment, but I want there to be, I don't know. And I, that's the thing, that's what, that why I'm struggling is like, I'm not even quite sure what I want. I just, I want more depth and more answers to the situation, to the situation overall with Sharon that I feel like I'm getting so far. I'm just, I'm kind of just like eager to like, ah, let's, let's figure her out. <laughs> I want to sure. know. I got gotcha. you. Um, See, I took this kind of like a, this is a chief-centric episode, and it's him kind of dealing with a lot of these things that he's dealing with. And, of course, Hilo gets a little bit of love, too, I would say. But, you know, we're, we're, we're really, so to, to, to jump ahead, because you mentioned it, I, I really take the last scene as that chief going and picking up the phone, I think is kind of perfect and, and beautifully understated in that, we don't even get dialogue. I thought that was the perfect ending yeah. from a, from like a writing perspective nothing, yeah. because I like the idea, him going there after doing this stuff, after remember her, after having his fight with Hilo, after going through this whole thing, a very emotional time for him. Think about this episode from Chi's perspective for just a minute, which is everybody's demanding something from him. We have Lee demanding something from him. We have this friction of Callie getting out of the brig and he cares about Callie, but he also is in a tough spot because this girl shot Sharon and all his people are celebrating and giving her fucking drinks and saying, oh, they should give him a new award. And, you know, he sees it. He witnesses it. This is really hard for him. Then yeah. you see him struggling with what he's feeling and not knowing what to do. And he says, I'm going to do this project. And he starts to do this project. And then Lee comes down and Lee's like, Dude, I need this. I need that. Why'd you retire? I need that. He's like, fuck off. I need this. And then he, and then Ty's snooping around and they're thinking about shutting it down. They want to keep people on perspective and he's fighting with his crew and he wants him to help, but he doesn't want to overwork him. And then all of all this shit on top of Sharon being back only recently, by the way, you have to remember yeah. it. It feels like, cause when you're Not watching the long. show, we've been watching it for weeks, but if you binge this, you'll be like, okay, the Sharon thing's moving kind of quick. But when you space it out and you record every other week, I don't know. In my opinion, maybe that's affecting your perception a little. And then at maybe. the end of it, you get this whole thing with Sharon. And he finally, and he said, fuck off. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to talk to you. You're dead to me. Get away from me. We know he's saying that protect himself, but we know he doesn't really think that way because he's a person. And then at the end of it, 
when he walks over to that cage, she already has the damn thing in her hand and he picks it up and they end the episode. You go, awesome. He's made peace with it. He's going to make friends again. It doesn't mean they're going to pursue a relationship, but now he has closure. And I fucking think that's badass. That's why I really liked this episode for Chief as far as that goes. And then right. the, the piece at the end, like to me, was, was like I said, I've already sucked its dick enough, but the presenting of the ship to Laura Roslin, I just thought was a, a beautiful moment in the whole series for all these characters. But yeah, man, I, I, that's what, for me, the chief and this and all that going on, that's something I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. No, like I said, I mean, I agree. The chief stuff is the strongest stuff in this episode by far. Um, and like I said, I do like the ending with chief, but although I honestly, I see it a little more tragically than you do in one way. Like, I, I guess I could imagine there being some closure, him coming to at least some peace with Sharon and maybe opening up communication again with her. But there's a part of me that thinks, you know, he didn't have much left for himself and he kind of threw himself really heavily into this project of making the the Laura stealth fighter ship. And it convinces that, you know, basically turns everybody from thinking it's stupid to thinking it's actually an incredible project that's been a major success and everybody applauds it. And that's still not enough for him. Like once that's over, he he's back to not having a project, back to not having anything again. And he goes to see Sharon because he can't get away from the fact that he can't get away from her, like that he can't let go of it. And he, even though she's, you know, for one, she's been revealed to be a Cylon, and she's also, even if that, even if that didn't matter to him, which it obviously does, she's now in love with Hilo and is going to have his baby. There's that whole situation. So she's, it's even that's inaccessible to him, but we see him coming back to it. And I worry, like I, the ending, I liked it, but it made me even more worried about him really. Yeah. Ah, oh, poor chief. That's a cool perspective. I definitely see it differently. I, I took it as him finishing the work. I, I took it as him f- f- confronting and finishing shit he needs to finish. Despite the, despite the naysaying and everything that was going on with the ship, he did it anyway. And it turned into this beautiful moment. And in that he said, you know, he threw himself into the work which is what people do to distract themselves from the things they're feeling. He says that as much to Ty. And then when he finishes the work, he knows he cannot hide anymore. And I think he goes to get his closure and he's, he mans the fuck up. And that's something I love about it. Now that's not to say he's like, cool. I don't give a shit about her anymore. I think he still loves her. I think he's fond of her. And yes, that part of it is sad, but I didn't take it as him going there because he wanted one more talk. I think he, think that's part of it i think he just wanted the closure and that's why they didn't need to go through the whole painstaking dialogue of that kind yeah. of thing you know what i mean i that's i i think i just see it more optimistically and you see it more pessimistically perhaps but i think we're <laughs> arriving so. at pretty similar thoughts but i do appreciate your perspective because it's cool because you know obviously you're watching this for the first i don't did you only watch this episode one time uh yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll watch that's another thing i've seen this later. episode like 10 times it's a little bit different oh, you, for me. <laughs> you know over the years yeah. but we've kind of talked about the whole episode you want to wrap it up yeah there we go yeah we're all done um <laughs> <laughs> well shit where should we jump back into that? Uh, we'll go right to the chief fight because i think it's pretty important so this is a, a, a big moment for the for, for for this whole chief through line which is they talk sharon they fight about her verbally he reveals like they were going to get married and have kids. They talked about that. That's a big reveal, even though it's a That's quiet huge. line. I love that. Start yeah. a family. And it's it's something that it was. It's a reveal, but it also didn't surprise me. I'm like, I figured they right. did. Like they, right. they seemed very serious. And then we go to and then we go to uh, him lashing out and being mad. And this is sometimes what you do when you're mad. You you or or, or when you're when you're 
overwhelmingly sad. You try to take charge by by being mean or 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 taking anger and replacing sadness. This is very common for people to do, and he does that by calling the baby a freak. And uh, a freak in her belly could have been mine, of oh, course, man. which is going to set off Hilo. He doesn't want to hear that shit. He's not going to be disrespected, you know? And honestly, this is like the the fucking trading blows of the two most pitiable characters to me right now. Like, I feel so bad for each of them. They, they're each in the worst spots ever, and now they're just kicking the shit out of each other. Because for one dude, how gracious is Hilo in this entire He's exchange? always that way, isn't he? He really is. Because even, tra- even with racetrack in them, he's like, ah, he kind of just laughs it off. He is. He, he like has, whole- um, you know, despite sometimes making questionable choices, he does have almost like a wisdom and a zen to him that is interesting. He really does, man. He yeah, does. He really does. Like, cause, I mean, his only response is here, you know, at one point he even's like, I know how she felt about you, you know, and he's like, I'm sorry about it and all. It just kind of evolved. It just happened. Uh, and then, like, you know, he just, he's basically just defending Sharon. And then he's trying to stop the chief from fighting, not trying to like really hit him back there. He's like, enough, enough, just stop, you know, trying to, to, to give him space to be mad without fucking punching him in the face. Sure, sure. It's like, damn. Yeah, Damn, it's it's definitely it's definitely a rough scene, but you know, sometimes this is good for people. <laughs> Get it all out. It is, man. Like yeah. I, I, again, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say I think this was a positive for these men. I think this leads to positive change for both of them. The fact that Hilo shows up on the deck later and decides that he wants to contribute to the chief's project is a big move by Hilo in in this right. whole thing. They 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 need to work this out, and I thought that that was really awesome. It, it is sad, and I mean, the chief really lost his shit. He was going to dove his fucking head in with a giant wrench. He could have killed him with that thing. Seriously? You know, Hilo kind of was like, fuck off, fuck off, and then next thing you know, chief double legs him down, and he's on top of him with a goddamn wrench in his hand. And you're, <laughs> and, and he, but, he, but he stops himself, and that's Gets something himself, the chief yeah. needed to get out. And you can understand why. You know, the Sharon... Sharon shoots him and then comes back and he's with Hilo. I mean, the chief has, has got a lot of rough things going on and, and so does Hilo. He didn't plan on this. He didn't. He's right. It did just happen. That's what happened. And of course, we know that she had, in, in, you know, uh, she had inclinations towards him because of the plan, whatever the Cylons were doing with her. Although that, you could argue, based on what you're seeing, based on if you believe Sharon or not, she seems independent right. of them and, and now not on their side. At this point yeah. in the season, based on what she's saying, right, right, you know, that's what we have to you know believe if you're believing her. If you're um, believing, but her also in believing, you can only go off of what you see. We, no one knows what she's thinking, right? Exactly. But you know, one thing about this whole scene too that I think is really interesting. You know, right at the end of it, Chief even says, "I don't, I don't even know why I'm mad at you." Um, and that's yep. that's kind of it's awesome. that's kind of the whole thing right here. It's not that you know, it's not one of those soap opera stories of I and Hilo betrayed him as his friend and took his lover. It's like no, it's really not that simple. He's he's upset that the woman he loved was not even a human being. It's been revealed to be a Cylon who has killed or tried to kill his boss, um, and then is is now also backstabbed because she's in love with someone else. Like what a strange thing. Like sure. you are for one not sure whether you ever really loved her or not, because it was actually an enemy and not even a human being. And you're not even sure what the nature of that whole interaction was, but then you're also still jealous of her being in love with somebody else. Like the whole thing is such a confusing 
mess. I it's mean, a mind and, fuck. Like, I lo- it's a huge mind fuck. And I love that he just flat out says it. Like, I don't even know why I'm mad at you. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm mad about. I just know this is a suck situation. This is bad. Right. Um, but one thing that I think is so interesting about this, that he's still trying to, he at first anyways, Chief is still trying to throw those insults at him of like, uh, you know, it's going to be a freak Cylon sure. baby and it's all fun. And like trying to like, you know, denigrate what she is and what he's he reconciling is to, you know. his own feelings by being exactly. insulting. He's trying to take command of his feelings in a way most people do, which is to get angry, to get upset, you know? Right. But what's so interesting to me about this whole thing, the irony of it is that him being this upset with Hilo proves how much, you know, like he's trying to say that you can't be in love with a Cylon. You know, she's just a Cylon bitch, you know, blah, blah, blah. But also you're proving how intensely in love with her you were because you're, you're so hurt by it. Course, and like, it's one of those things where if you can't tell the difference at all, then is there a difference? Like mm-hmm. if you, if you're still feeling this intensely about something that's been revealed to be a Cylon, well, I guess you can love one. Like, you know, sure. Yeah. I think, I think that's pretty obvious here, especially, you know, the last, the last words he says post fight, was, I don't know why I'm mad at you. My Sharon's dead. Now, he continues, but before we go past that, my Sharon's dead. Dude, he's, that, that is proof right there that he, that he, my Sharon, he's not calling her the other Cylon Sharon that I loved. He's saying my Sharon. My Sharon, yeah. That thing in the brig isn't even Sharon. Which is good that he says here because it sets up his eventual decision to not believe that anymore and he goes to see her at the end. Exactly. Like he's still grappling with this. And he, he is, he's getting crushed by these thoughts. And we see that in the follow-up scene. And that's when he pours himself into the work. And, and this is normal. This is, this is good behavior. A psychologist or a therapist would tell him, yes, do this. Pour yourself into a project. Use that energy positively. Don't fight people. Don't, don't use rage be constructive, be a, be better, be better, do something productive, contribute somehow, use your energy in a good way. And uh, that's exactly what he starts to do. Right. Right. That's cool. And and like I said, my favorite thing of this whole episode is chief and his pursuit of making this ship and everybody, literally everybody being against it at first and then having turned everybody with him by the end. Like I thought that was cool. And and how does he do that? By just staying fucking true to it, fucking example, dogged. right? Yeah, leader through example, works hard. Yeah. Which is such a chief of the boat thing, right? This totally. guy, it's such a, it's so blue collar. It's such a hard working knuckle dragon move to just start doing shit, and then suddenly people will follow your passion and see that it's possible and and want to help you. That shit is contagious, man. That's why leaders and they will come. Yeah, man. That's why that kind of leadership is so huge. And we see why the chief is a natural leader and just his conviction inspired everyone to chip in. It's true. It's true. Because no matter, even when people are being shitty to him, they, they know they respect him deep down. They know the chief is a fucking competent, good leader, good dude. Mm -hmm. Even if they're suspicious of, well, he was in love with Sharon. It doesn't take away any of what he's proven himself capable of over all these years. Of course. You can't take that away from him. I mean, when you're inspiring Colonel Ty, you are doing something right. There you go. We'll talk about that. The hardest to rally fucking person ever. Unless your name's Adama, good luck. Yeah. 
So back on the CIC, one eyebrow. Yeah, back on the CIC, we get some indications of the of of the coming virus, which is D getting feedback, it reporting something's triggering the comm system. Tie notes at the silence could end up with a fix on that signal. D station then blows up all the Star Trek, but this is a lot more severe. So Star Trek, right? Um, And we look in on the Cylon convoy, and then we get the credits to go back to the CIC, and D's pretty banged up, dude. Yeah, unlike Star Trek. <laughs> she refuses she medical okay. treatment. Okay. Yep, of course. Yep. Uh, Gade reports that a power surge blew the board, and the system has been glitchy since the sounds infiltrated the network. Adama calls it more than a glitch, and Ty tells mm. Gade to go line by line and fix it. And Gade line has by a, line through the code. Gade has a meltdown, doesn't he? Dude, finally I loved that moment. I I know. I, that's that's what I thought. I was like, about time he fucking popped off. Like yep. he's been Mister Fucking Calm since day one. It's like it's not it's not an excuse, it's a fracking fact. Bangs right. the fucking thing. Ty's face was like, I I didn't know he had it in him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. But this Dude, is good. Adama's I think so Gata's response is important here because it, it is indicative of the bigger issue with the crew, which Adama alludes to here by saying months on the run and what do we have to show for it? Just more yeah. of this. And even racetrack said it pretty well. It's just more of the same over and over and over again, and there's really no joy. And we're all kind of pretending with these things that we have going on. I mean, that's one perspective. Starbuck tells her to right. suck it up. I, cl- I tend to agree with Starbuck because what else are you going to do? Kill yourself? What else can you do? Yeah, right? Like, what's, what's the other option? But it um, doesn't mean that everyone's going to have that same fortitude or will or drive like Starbuck has. So you have to lead them through it. Right, right. And one thing I, I love about this is, you know... <laughs> These are all people in the military, and we got to remember, like, what? What are we? You know, I wish I could look up. I wish I could Google timelines, but you know, I fucking can't do that because I'm going to stumble across some information I shouldn't see. But I, I imagine we've probably been out here. I'm trying to remember the last time we tallied it, but somewhere in the range of three, four months, something like that, since since the initial uh, attack. Um, and that's like, he, I think Adamus says it really well. He's like, there, it's just now starting to hit them that there's no return from this. Like, it's not like, you know, I think people in the military are very accustomed to being deployed for an amount of time, for a long amount of time even, but you, there's light, always light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's going to be some R&R. You know, you're going to be rotated out again at some point. And like, I think it is finally all hitting the crew of like, Wow, no, this really isn't just a normal military deployment. Like, there, there's no, there's no going home. There's no real yeah, yeah. rest or walking away from this. And, and I wonder. It, it's got to be hard to really understand this. I mean, this is. I feel like this is the kind of thing you'd have to talk to a World War II vet about, which is somebody in this position under constant harassment. Right. No versus rest. like we're on the hunt, we're on the kill for these fucking chuckleheads, and we're always dictating that pace. But but I'm trying to think like some guy at the Battle of the Bulge, just fucking freezing to death for days and days and days while they get hammered with artillery. I mean, that's exactly. that's uh, obviously a much more dramatic and not just real, but a much more dramatic situation than they find themselves in the Galactica. But constantly running, constantly yeah. reacting, that is brutal. They don't dictate the pace, Right. No, it's not like they're going in and saying, all right, we're going to hit this place. We got Intel on this high value target. We're going to go in. We're going to hammer them. We're going to fucking, we're going to fuck them up. We're going to leave. We're going to go back to our place. We're going to hang out and play cards. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Right. Obviously there's a grueling, there's a grueling rough portion of that too. But in this, it's just like, 
you're just constantly being harried. You're constantly on the run. Yes, yeah, Stalingrad. Thank you, Danny Falchers. It's a great that's a example. You're just yeah. no relief, and you're getting hammered and hammered and hammered. That's the thing. The speed of it changes, but they are always being chased. They're constantly sure. being pursued. <laughs> like that is that's an unbar- and, you know. And they are also in the position of like I imagine, especially for people like Gaeta, there is literally no relief. There's nobody else who can step in for his position for a full shift. Or, you know, something he probably can have somebody take over an aspect of his position for an hour or two or something. But like he's kind of kind of always on call. I think at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man, for sure. But um, you were curious about some timeline stuff. I can help you with that because what I'll do is I'll just look at it for you. Um, And I'll tell you right now that on Flight of the Phoenix, we're at about day 91 where Callie's released from the brig. Oh, okay, so so three-ish months there. Yep, final cut was 75 days. So we've seen a good, (laughs) I mean, it's been a while since... The last events. And I think that's important. And it's too bad it doesn't say. I, I wonder if the show would have benefited from like a little overlay, like day 75. Mm, yeah. And then day 91, because then you would go, wow, they've been at it for this long. And it would almost, because it's tough. If you watch one and then you watch the next one, you, you might not get that sense of time passing. You have to rely on the narrative and the acting. But if you just gave people a hint, maybe people could start to go, wow, they've been fucking just out here doing this over and over and over and over again. I sometimes wonder about that. Yeah. 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 I think that, that, that is something I feel like should be emphasized a little more. Just yeah. how much they're constantly, constantly at it. Yeah. Always on your feet. And just not, and like, like you said, how many times do they play cards? How many times have they, it's just the monotony of it all. Right. <laughs> that's what she even says. She's like, well, we're going to pretend the cards are the high point of our fucking day. Yeah. Her knowing all the folds in the card, knowing her hand. And I mean, that's just, that just tells you something. Yeah. But we see Lee asking about the 289 Viper, right? The chief is uh, being asked about it. The chief tells us it's, it's grounded. It's done. And Lee whines. He's really whining. Gotta have he's, that. He's I gotta win- have it online. He's, he's a whinging cunt here, isn't he? If I he was to is- quote the, the, the hound. He's extremely annoying at first, but I do like how he backs up. I uh, do like, too. Ah, okay, yeah, but nobody's expecting a miracle. But then, uh, you know, <laughs> Chief is also like, well, maybe that's the problem. Nobody's got faith around here anymore. It's been right. beaten out of everybody. Right. What do you want me to do? Work my crew to death? But yeah, oh, oh my God. Yeah, when he first comes up and he's mm-hmm. like, ah, but I need it online. I'm like, dude, he just told you it's out. Like, wh- what is bitching about it going to do now? He's like, it's not, it's just not an option. <laughs> That's not happening. If it were a horse, I'd shoot it. He's like, <laughs> I do like Lee, like you said, backing off though, when he reads the chief. Yeah. Once he's like, okay, I hear you. It's not happening. And then we see him taping it off, building the frame. The crew asks him what's going on. The chief says, we're building a fighter. Jammer is, of course, the naysayer here. The crew seems unconvinced. And then uh, Figursky, that's the uh, the bigger man, the little bit older man. So Figursky, Callie, Celix is the other woman, and then Jammer, in case you needed names there. Um, there the chief basically tells him to fuck off when, when, they, yeah. when they are whinging. And I, I don't know about you or what you thought when you first saw this, but like there was a part of me that thought the show was trying to show that maybe this is chief kind of you know, being a little bit unstable and he's going after this kind of hard to get, you know, or, or very hard to complete project that might not be feasible and you start supposed to worry about him. But I honestly, from the jump was like, hell yeah, dude, some fucking out of the box thinking, just make a new fucking fighter. I was like, that's awesome. Like I, I was rooting for him from jump here. So was I. 
Yeah, it was a hundred. I, I usually point. back Chief though, so I'm a little bit biased. Yeah, you're very but, biased. But I'll th- <laughs> you, you would back the Chief Mutiny if it, if it were like a fucking uh, instead of uh, our boy. Ah, fuck, what's his name? Of course, now that I need to say his name, the the underhanded guy who works with fucking Ellen Ty. Shit, Zarek. Jesus Christ, Zarek. I can't believe. It. Can't believe I forgot his name. But if it weren't Zarek for going for the mutiny or his chief, you'd be on his side. You'd be all you'd be fucking waving his flag. Do you think so? I think you might, man. Wow, this is pretty harsh. Uh, I'm learning something about myself today. You you you're coming at me with passion. I didn't realize I was so one sided on the chief. Is it just because I <laughs> yeah. like this episode more than you? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> but no, you've always one. loved him. No, yeah, you've for sure. You've always been a chief fan. I, I am a chief fan. I am. Yeah. I, but then I do like I like them all, you know, as soon as one gets an episode. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm like, you know what? I miss Ty. <laughs> and like, when they're doing the Ty <laughs> shit. But yeah, I definitely like him. I think he's awesome. Oh, um, yeah. Rosalind and Cottle. Oof. Mrs. Rose. Basically, yeah. Just revealing that you got weeks. I mean, weeks, what do you think of this? A month at the out. Considering it's been 20 some odd days between episodes. Right. Well, I mean, I'm trying to remember what the, what her last update was. I mean, I feel like it's it always. She's, she's, yeah. Let's say no, she's it, was, never it, was, gotten, it was months, I thought. Right. She's definitely never gotten good news. It's always been, yep, you're still dying. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, man. So she, she's really feeling it here for one. Uh, like this, you know, her reaction to it is a lot more intense this time around getting the yeah. update, getting the news. She, yep. you know, she, she doesn't vomit, but I honestly thought she might. Yeah, man, this is rough. And of course her biggest concern is being able to work and boy, yeah, and he's like, well, you will crossed as long as on that. doesn't go to your brain. Mm, mm. Ugh. Yeah, that's heavy. It's heavy, man. But I mean, I'll admit, it, it didn't have a huge punch to me because I've that's something about her character that's been so long established. Like right. we, we know she's dying. We know it's you know, accelerating and she, her time is lessening. Um, and so I, I thought it was kind of just more of like a, a reminder scene of it's catching up, <laughs> catching up with her, going to get her. It does. I'll, one thing I would say though, it does make me wonder how much longer she's going to be on the show. Like, I, I, if I had to put money on it, I still imagine her seeing the end of this season. But, it, mm. but I'm like, damn, dude, weeks, <laughs> just weeks. Right. It's rough. At the shooting range or firing range, um, we see Lee and Kara and Hot Dog. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the f- first time I saw the scene and I thought, what in the fuck? is she doing <laughs> why are they so acting weird. like idiots it turns into final destination over here just like and the oxygen meter tipping down everyone <laughs> losing their minds final destination before final destination right although that's probably a 90s movie uh yeah no i think there was probably a final destination before this yeah you're probably right <laughs> i think it's a, like a late 90s early aughts movie but um but dude what did you think about uh the fact that once the oxygen starts going out of the room it Kara is like getting super close to Lee. Like she got like a I want crazy, your opinion on that. Crazy wild-eyed flirtatious thing going on there. Yeah, she's also um, fucking oxygen deprivation acting crazy. Oh, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's 100% why. But <laughs> her saying the chief is doing something positive and she's so fucking hungry eyes on Lee here. I thought this was funny. And it does, I don't know, man. I, I feel like there is going to be some underlying problems uh, whenever this relationship between these two is going to be questioned. Like, I don't think she, I don't think either of them are being honest with themselves about how they feel. Yeah. And this is like another one of those little moments where it just, it just kind of, you know, makes itself known. Crazy. 
It says, uh, I was looking this up, like, does this actually happen? Like, if, like, like from oxygen deprivation? Right. Yeah. I don't know. And part of me kept wondering how much strength they would have. Although, it's not like the meter drops to zero right away. It's they're, like, that they're, they're getting less and less oxygen, and it's slowly going down. So maybe... Yeah, the, the way more. they, the way, what happens in your brain when someone inhales, laughing gas or saying, or, or a, in N2O, or nitrous oxide, it's possible the mixture, maybe they're just taking in too much nitrogen, which acts as a laughing gas. When you inhale in, in, N2O, it, it dissipates air in your lungs and prevents oxygen in your brain, which obviously is hypoxia, but then it, that deprivation gets you super high in, in laughing. Right. Yeah. Evidently. So it's, yeah. Bob makes your brain cells die super quickly. Brain cells need a lot of energy. But, um, yeah, don't do, don't, that's, that's telling you not to do whippets, but. Um. <laughs> yeah. Don't do whippets. <laughs> it's interesting though, because the way that it leaks kind of slow, I, it would definitely have an effect on you for sure. But it's, this, this is really, really wacky. Yeah. It's real wacky at first. And then it cuts back to once they're having to get the gun, it's deadly serious now. Like they, I think they each kind of realize how dire it is. Yeah. Then. Cause hot dog goes down. She laughs about his lips being blue. But before we get to that, I, 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 I will admit I was half paying attention while looking that up. You mentioned possible problems with, with Kara. Talk to me about that. Well, I'm just saying like she, when she gets all like kooky off the fucking lack of oxygen here and she is so hungry eyes for Lee. Like it, it, it kind of just, it's like she gets instantly drunk and then she's just like all about him. So like I'm saying what, what I saw there is I'm like, boy, if Anders made a, if there was a miraculous return of Anders to the, <laughs> the Galactica tomorrow, ooh, I think she's going to have to really wrestle with some feelings that she does not aware or at least not admitting that she has. Good point. Yeah. Hey man, I was high on oxygen. There, man. Or lack thereof. Yeah. So you you think something's there between them beyond friendship? Oh, for sure, dude. Something. Not saying that it's like, oh, well, they're, you know, it's not like I'm like hardcore Jessica shipping it, but I'm just like, ah, there's something there. You two are going to have to resolve this. Well, come to find out when you put a bunch of pretty people on a ship that are single, they tend to fuck each other. They just tend to fuck or want to fuck. <laughs> but, um, to anyway, smash or not to smash? They, <laughs> well, the only thing they're smashing right now is the glass. To sure. not suffocate. And um, yeah, I like how they kind of yeah. have to shoot it together. They're so weak at that so point. And then weak. we cut right to the CIC where Gator reports that the environmental computer decided, that's creepy, Ooh, that's that the firing range is, was yeah. overpressurized and it started to vent air. <sighs> not good. And Lee says, okay. we had about two minutes before death. Yeah. Of course, Adam is not <laughs> happy, but Gator is confident he has answers here. He says... Or Gaius breaks this down. It's good to see Gaius getting involved. We needed Dude, to see him sure. again. Yeah. Um, it's a Cylon sense. logic bomb, a heuristic virus. It's capable of learning and evolving, he says. Probably running in every computer on the ship, just waiting to be activated. No doubt left behind when the Cylons infiltrated the network. Colonel Ty set up. Do you like that? <laughs> I yeah. do. I love uh, Gaius. Fucking throwing Ty under the bus. Little zing, 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 zing. Uh, ding, 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 Colonel Ty did this. Uh, the day, the day you were shot. <laughs> <laughs> the day, the day you couldn't help anything, but he was all his fault. Yes. <laughs> the day you lacked the foresight to know you're going to get shot, and then this dum dum was going to network the computers, which you expressly forbade. Now we have this problem, <laughs> and that's why I'm obviously the most competent person on the ship. Stop talking to me, Six. Stop. 
<laughs> Always on the brink of losing his mind for Yeah, or beating off in front of everyone because he thinks he's banging her or whatever he does. <laughs> he just it's just him hooking his fingers because he thinks he's finger blasting six. Just <laughs> oh, oh. like, dude, what are you doing? Uh Adama says he's lucky because he has an expert on board. Right? I love that. I got an expert. Trying to he's prove of your course words. referring Coochie to Sharon. Great. At first I thought he was talking about Gaius, and he was going to recruit Gaius but to help, right? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen Gaius under this kind of a... Well, it doesn't last all that long in, in the episode, but I liked Adama putting the spotlight on him again. Yeah. Like, hey, genius boy, <laughs> time to be useful. <laughs> nice white collar, dude. Uh-huh. It's been a while. Like, back in... Boy, back in season one, every other episode was them about to fucking put his balls in a vice. Like, prove yourself. Indeed. Prove yourself useful. Indeed. Well, um... On the chief, he's building uh, his ship. Figurski notes he's struggling and comes to help him out by getting the frame up. Um, the chief, of course, denies him the help, but Figurski insists. And then Jammer helps. It's a two-man job. I love seeing Adama watching up above because this project is starting to attract attention. Mm-hmm. It's being talked about. It's, it's being something talked about. You know, like that's God. There are there times boys, when the fucking right. commander of the boat comes down and look at your dumb God. project. And also, and you that, and, the, you the and thing, your fucking little Legos. <laughs> the fun thing that everyone's rallying behind is an intensely difficult build a ship from nothing project. Too. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's like, "Yay, this is fun!" Yeah, I'm like, damn, guys, whew, you need some video games or some shit up here. Yeah. Uh, back <laughs> on the CIC, uh, details Adama that equipment failures are still being reported. Of course, Adama asks Ty about the fighter. Ty is against it. He doesn't like the lack of focus on the deck in favor of the project. A reasonable conclusion. He tells right. Adama he should shut it, that we should shut it down. It may come to that, Adama says, but he knows that the project's giving them something. Exactly. Exactly. I think, I think Adama is so much more. This, the reason, I think you could actually sum it up right here. The reason Adama is where he is and Ty is where he is is because Ty's the guy who will get jobs done and crack mm-hmm. the whip. And Adam is the person who understands the bigger, broader picture of, of like troop morale. Of like, sure. if, this, if we are in this for the fucking long haul, for years maybe, and we got to look out for people's just psychological well-being or they're going to crumble sure. on the job. And, and he sees that bigger picture. Yeah. Um, we see Lee and D. This was mm. interesting. <laughs> A little frisky. Mm. A little little bit frisky. He wants to wrestle Rihanna. I get it. We all do. Hey, it's fine. I'm going to teach you moves. He's got some fucking arms on him. I'll give him that. Dude, he's got some guns. Boy, he's built. That's that's why he wanted to do this. He's like, I'll work out with you. Hold on. Let me go change. He's like, hold on. Let me do a, like... 40 chin-ups real quick to get the pump. Come on, let me do the pull-ups and get the pump, and then you can do the filming. Get the veins out. Get through vascular, yeah. You call that the karate move? Come on, that's bullshit. The way he just puts (laughs) her on the ground, and she gets in there, do the nose touching. What is this? Come on. Every time you'll cut the camera, I'm going to go in the corner and blast out a couple more curl balls. Yeah. Yeah. He's so puny, really. If you think about it, he's so small. Yeah. But small. um, he's yeah. teaching her how to fight. And uh, yeah. man, they are two fit people, aren't they? <laughs> Boy, if only. <laughs> They'd have some pretty babies, those two. Exactly. If only when Billy pops his little fucking naive uh, child's head in. I just wish Lee whispered in here, do you think, just imagine the sex we could have. <laughs> <laughs> 
We could sell it on film. Oh, sorry. I'm talking like my dad. It's weird. We could sell it. <laughs> Fucking uh, Billy shows up. What, what did somebody, did somebody ring a triangle? What are you doing here? It ain't time to come eat your corn. <laughs> did somebody hit dinner bell for sweet Billy? Huh? Nobody is though serving up corn and mashed potatoes for this growing big boy. Every. <laughs> Remember though, we, we, I feel like we decided this back on the other. Billy and his pleading eyes. Ah, just can't fuck him. Sorry. Can't frack him. Did I do it right? <laughs> that's him on his knees. Did I do it right? No, no, that's him sitting on the edge of the bed putting his socks on because his feeties are cold. <laughs> every guy in this room, every guy in the gym, like, <laughs> fucking, that's her. What the fuck? Mm. <laughs> ah, yeah, Jesus, every guy in the gym funny. is right, especially Jesus Lee. Christ. He's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> what are you going to do? But what um, fucking do. yeah, no, no corn for Billy. Moving on, Hilo and Sharon, dude. Yeah, this is this is this great is stuff. important. Makes sense. This is a perfect middle of the episode moment, which right. is uh, her making herself useful, soliciting this job and seeing the information and understanding what it means. Um, right, and there, and I feel like but, what but there's other stuff off- here too, character stuff. I'm sure you're going to want to discuss. Right, right. And, you know, her reassuring Hilo how she feels now is how she feels. She feels the way she feels about him, and that's where they're at. Um, and, you know, he needed to hear that. <laughs> he was For like, sure. assure me that it's my Cylon hybrid baby. Um, <laughs> it's your baby. You're, ace. you're A number one. You're the number one. You're the Duke. <laughs> A number one Duke of Galactica. Yeah, he is. You're the father of my child. You're the first in my heart, and nothing's going to change that. But seriously, the chief is still in my heart, and he's a close number two. <laughs> so close. Don't fuck up. Don't mess up. You, you fucking forget to tie your shoe one time in my one presence, time? you're a loser again. Yep. If I don't get my water, my coffee, if I don't get my treats, you shove them through the little feed slot, <laughs> I'm going to have a conjugal visit with that knuckle dragger, and he's going to plow me <laughs> hard. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fucking angry sex. But he shows her the logic bomb code, doesn't he? She looks at it in intensely and she has a bit of a meltdown demands an audience with Adama she has a lot of urgency here I like this this is good stuff out of Grace Park she's like freaking the fuck out when she reads the code yeah yeah no I agree I agree I she says overall I like this there was one moment that I think kicked off my feeling of boy how often are we going to do this with this character is when she looks at it and she's almost transfixed by the code and like i had that flash of paranoia in the back of my mind of like oh fuck is this like did they include in the virus some like manchurian candidate sleeper cell activation code for her and she's about to like go off and it's a legit concern yeah and and i had that just for a moment the way the show framed her face and where Hila's like sharon sharon like she's not like responsive anymore i was like oh fuck is this a turn again and then, you know, she comes back and is like, all right, this is, you know, the silence are coming. They're, they're going to have us disabled. We got to get ready. I got to speak to Adama. And that was fine. But then I was also like, fuck, is that all she's going to be now? <laughs> this, this, this character of you're just constantly on the, on the edge of the fence of like, well, maybe she's bad. Oh, maybe she's good again. Oh, maybe she's bad. Oh, we're going to use her. And I, I, I just started to wonder about, boy, how many times can we do that? Mm-hmm. So, something, some, something's got to give there. Yeah. Well, it's only happened twice. Okay. <laughs> Okay, mister, I've seen the show eight times. Okay. So far, right? Have you seen, yeah. I, I, I mean, how many times has this happened? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think this is, I guess, the second time. Right. 
I, I mean, there of course when back when her and Hila were still first interacting, there was I, I think more moments of up. Oh, is she gonna? Oh, is she? Okay, yeah, you're like, referring to that. Okay, that's yeah. I'm saying like okay. from from the jump. From the jump, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it definitely presents a bit of an issue. Uh, what what do you think? You you just want you feel like that's getting to be a worn tread. You want something different for her. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say it's worn out yet, but I'm saying like I worry it's beginning to go that direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I I want. Why do you worry so much? I'm not even like. It's hard to say. Hey, man. I'm not even like. Just let it. Negative. Just let it flow. <laughs> just over let you. it happen. Just let you it know flow. what I think it is. I'm I'm just eager for her as basically the only the only Cylon among them to like be more of a character. I guess like the only Cylon among them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. The only revealed Cylon <laughs> among them <laughs> that's not in Gaius's fucking crazy brain of like the only Cylon among them to to start to stand out as a almost like Cylon. L- character. Let me like, say I guess this. Like, Let me empathize okay. with you. Let sure. me empathize with you. You know how I feel about Guy's Paltar and his involvement in the show, and I think he's an awesome character, and I like to watch him a lot. Is it fair to say that you are very high on the Sharon character and you want more out of her? Because I just thought to myself, if Gaius was relegated to being in a cell and us wondering, is he ever going to do anything other than what these things are doing? And are those things that he's doing compelling enough for me to continue? And if not, I would probably be like, God, I wish they would, we could see more from him. Like I want us, I want us to get past this. Like I can, I can see where you're going. If you, if you're very fond of, like that, the character and wanting more from her. I just find myself so distracted by all the other shit too. (laughs) I I'm, I'm both fond of her character and her character as the Cylon has presented some of the most interesting questions about the Cylons in my mind. And I'm like, I want more from her. I want to, to get into that stuff more. Fair enough. Um, and I, I think I'm just antsy to get more. I got you. <laughs> just like, no, no, I got it's a you. show that has has me so. I mean, you you remember on the fucking anytime there's an episode that's like six heavy and we're getting into like the Cylon, you know, conspiracies. I'm sure. like so balls deep in that stuff. I want to figure it out. I want to know. Right. Um. So that's that's the stuff where every time she's in a scene, I'm like, <gasps> maybe we're gonna get some more. Maybe we're gonna delve into this. Sharon's gonna right. feel more. I, I, I get that. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Um. Which okay. is which is. Me just being honest with you. So without spoiling really anything, it's four seasons long, okay? <laughs> yeah. You're on, now to be fair, you're nine, ten episodes into the second season. You still got a lot of Battlestar Galactica left. So they're going to get into stuff. Tell me to pace myself. They're going to get into stuff. Um, so I, I, will, I will give you, I will rest assure you that. But I can definitely understand when, when the show goes ahead and presents these things. I mean, to, to your point, Coming off of home one and two and then getting a couple of bottle episodes is a bit like, ugh, come on, let's get back to that home one and two shit. That was crazy. Yeah, man. Um, but I, I totally hear where you're coming from, I guess. Right. I just don't want you to get antsy. I want you to be okay, okay? You're going to be all right? All right. I'm going to settle down. I'm going to settle back down into my seat. All right. Get my slippies on. Okay. You got some pudding? You got a little bit of pudding? Nom, 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 tapioca. <laughs> Yikes. So uh, <laughs> that's not pudding. But you're the father of my child, all that shit. We talked about that. I'm a liability to them. So this is a very important line. I'm glad we're not going past. She says, I'm a liability to them. A mistake. It will run its course in a matter of hours, meaning the virus. And once it does, the sounds will be right on top of us. They're going to kill us all. What do you think of her saying this? And what are your thoughts? 
it's a moment where I basically just have to choose to believe her. I believe her here. Okay. Where that, 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 that's not going to be some Cylon operation to like come and get her and then destroy everything. Like they, they will descend upon them and destroy them. Okay. Um, but you, but you were kind of iffy on it. Now we do have hindsight on our side, mm-hmm. meaning we see what she does to an entire Cylon fleet. What are your right. thoughts on Sharon now? And because we might as well shoehorn him into this scene. You might as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, I, I'm still, uh, if, if I'm having to pick a side, I'm choosing to believe this Sharon. I do take her at her word that she is not connected to the, the rest of the Cylons, that she is trying to help them, that she is, you know, a genuine renegade agent at this point. And, Taking out an entire fleet using a virus that basically could probably only be understood by another Cylon to broadcast it against them. Pretty badass and pretty major. Um, however, the, the thing about the Cylons that always trips me up too is how willing they are to sacrifice pretty big numbers of themselves for the sake of a plan, for the sake of uh, a distraction. What, what, what would that plan be in this case? <sighs> to make them trust this... <laughs> Sharon, I guess. I don't know. So man. committing those like resources, let's, exactly. let's, let's talk about it a little bit logically without right. getting And that's too- what I'm saying. Like, I, that's why I lean towards believing her. Cause I'm like, even, you know, as much as I believe these silence are, you know, deceptive to a major degree and we're willing to sacrifice things in this episode, I go, boy, an entire fucking fleet though. I'm like, it makes me believe this Sharon, man. There you go. That's yeah. Like, it overall, seems I'm, I'm still on her. It seems like a listen. I'm not going to spoil anything, but if I apply logic to this episode and recall my original thoughts in this episode, my original thoughts in this episode, not seeing anything past this, I thought, "Holy shit, Sharon definitely is is helping them at this point. She must be." Right. Because what kind of overall if you're if if the Silence plan is still to destroy the human race, when she plugs into the Galactica, she could have just shut them all down and they could have mopped them all up. What the fuck? Something just fell on my head. Um, uh, okay? It was probably a bug or a fucking spider or some shit. Anyway, um, do you know what I mean? Like, she could have shut them all down and they could have just come and mopped. She could have done what to them what she did to the Cylons. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, man. That's true. But if it's an overlap of plan to develop trust with the humans to, to what end to, to then kill them later, to, to sacrifice their Cylon God, to, I mean, dude. it gets, it gets dicey. Dude, I have no fucking idea. Well, that's the thing though. Again, like the, we are still at the point where the Cylons plan is fucking inscrutable. Like I have no idea. I couldn't even guess even this deep in, like, I'm still just like, I don't know. Hmm. Well, Other than t- destroying the human race, but again, like the problem with that, do you don't, you don't think that's that, the truth anymore? Not quite. If it is, I think they're trying to achieve other things before that. Like that is their ultimate goal that they're still trying to get something out of the humans before that. Because if it was only to, we just want to eradicate them and as fast as possible, they could have done that already multiple times. Like when, when do you think they could have done that? I mean, just the, the, numbers they've had on them the the chances they've had for infiltration i mean when six was on board i mean like i I just feel like they have if they just wanted to blow up the galactica kill everybody that they could they they could have taken advantage of moments before this um but i don't know man i don't know 
<laughs> I'm still I'm the most thrown by their whole conspiracy. Then I think it, but then it's important to say, well, who are the Cylons? Exactly. Is Sharon the Cylons? Hey, unsettled question as well. <laughs> I guess I mean you, you, you. I just I'm cautioning you to overthink it. Okay. I don't think, based on what I've seen so far, that they could have destroyed everything yet. I think there were elements yeah. in them that that maybe could have, but then we see rebellious elements in them, of course, with Sharon. Um, they didn't send this giant fleet out there as a show of force to do anything other than to engage and destroy them. They were engaging them when they all went off. That's true. Unless it was to capture them or, I mean, that's possible. Capture or kill. But yeah, man, it's, um, I, I think their motivations is one thing, but but their actions are, have been pretty clear, what they've been doing. They've been chasing them, harassing them, and trying to destroy them. Um, we know nothing is in in, in um, Gaius's head. We've confirmed that. So we know there's not a chip in there manipulating him from on high. We don't really know the nature of head six as she's known. We don't. No, we don't. We know it's not a physical implant in his body, though. So outside of Gaius perhaps being a Cylon, which you thought perhaps could be a possibility, yeah. then, we, then she's a mystery, too. Um, and we don't really know her motivations, we only we we don't really have much of a look in on the leadership when it comes to all of that stuff. But it's pretty interesting, man. Like yeah. Danny says, the Cylons are definitely interested in the baby. We know that for sure. Oh, they're so interested in that. Yeah, and that's and that's part of why again, like why I'm still probably still sound unsure when I'm talking about the Cylon plot because I'm like, well, if they're so, and, and that's something that was established in the last episode. Even the Cylons are surprised. That that particular Sharon was alive, and this you know the six especially was like, oh, the baby's still alive, and seemed to be excited by that idea. Sure. Which makes me go, would they really just blow up the fucking ship and kill her? There you okay, go. It seems like that does matter a lot to them. So that's again why I'm still maybe once they got so the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess. See, they really need teleportation technology. Then they could be like Star Trek, zip on there, steal her, take their baby away, then blow up those shitty monkey humans. Right. I don't know. All right, let's move on to the deck. Lee shows up and says the cockpit location will cause maneuverability issues. Uh, we see D there too. This fucking and- dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if the cockpit's so far back, you're not going to have maneuverability. Starbucks says it's built for speed, not maneuverability. Mm-hmm. But, but um, what do you think of uh, D being down there? Uh, she was good here. I like, what are you doing here? She says communications, I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> like D I hope you're not fucking it all up down there. Uh, but no, yeah, I like, I like that everybody is pitching in for what they know too. Like mm-hmm. I, that, I thought that was cool with D being like, Oh wait, I can help you out with that because as much as I hated the naysayers early on, and I've always been on the side of chief with this project. I do think the, the one guy early on brought up a good point of like, dude, I know how to fix holes in pipes and, and restore certain things. I can't design a life support system for a ship. Like, that's such a whole nother ball game. Like, that's that's crazy. And I think that's a good point. So I think it's really cool that people from different departments who would understand some of these things are the ones helping out with that those aspects of the ship. And that's it's a fucking cool rallying point for everybody. Hell yeah. That's a great way to say it. And he had a point. Like, what do we know about avionics? What do we know about, like... Like, how are we going to make this thing and not get, you know, vent Starbuck into space instantly? <laughs> like, so do bad. we know it's, you know, is it seaworthy? Oh, uh, does, it, does it float? That'd <laughs> uh, be so bad. They put their fucking star pilot on there, goes out there and just explodes. And they're like, well, fuck. 
God Great damn. job, That'd Chief. Be so brutal. <laughs> be so awful. Oh God. Let's talk about Ty because this is great. Oh man, this is this is some primo Ty. I fucking love this. It's dude. Great. I but love I, the moment. I know the smell of a still, and I smell. I, like I just it. love the moment where. <laughs> Uh, Figursky, I think that's his name. Is I go attention quietly as he sees Ty hit the deck. And <laughs> <laughs> the ball breaker's here. Solve it, my ass. <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> the hell are you up to? And dude, him throwing him a bone here is it was just badass. so great. It's so great, and it is so unexpected. It's a genuinely like surprising and great character moment from him. I like, promised well, the XO know. on the bot on the bot a car. I'd help him out. He's got some obsolete DDG-62 engines that are taking up space on this flight deck. Probably They're probably crap. crap, but I told him I'd have a crew there to help him out as soon as possible. And then <sighs> silently goes over to take himself a mason jar dude. of fucking space moonshine. Moonshine, dude. <laughs> That's this so fucking good. guy. It's just like, well, you're welcome. This is, this is my payment for that favor. Fucking moonshine. So fucking great. <laughs> I love him. It's awesome. Oh, it's a great scene. And he's fine. And I think I like that for Ty, he's not so, you know, overbearing that he never comes around the idea of the project. It just took him walking down there to see it himself, see how everybody's feeling about it, participating in it. And he's like, yes, right, exactly. Right. You're right. People are, people are seeing something in this. They're yep. getting involved. As soon as he it, went he's, down there, like, he busted yeah. balls because that's what he does. But he knows, he knew that this needed to continue. Once he saw it himself. And I'm like, that's that's totally fair to be like, let me go fucking look at this and then we'll see. Then I'll make my judgment. Like, that's what I like about this show. You know, it, they they could have written in a way that were, where he was a ball breaker and disagreed with it and went back and told Adami doesn't agree with it and Adami overruled him. They could have wrote that as easily as they could have written this. But it's just right. a nice character moment, a nice bonding moment. Yeah, because Ty, I mean, I, I, this is a big moment here in this episode between these two because – Ty was the guy to lay down the law with Chief about Sharon. He basically had them in their relationship. Knock it off. That's, knock it off. <laughs> I mean, that's that's been kind of the reverberating moment all the way up to here for for uh, Chief and Sharon. Like that's been the cause of a a lot of mistrust between them, but that's only gotten worse. Indeed. And so it's it's a pretty big olive branch from him here of like, all right, handle your project. I'll help you out a little bit for sure. So oh, Adama make returns. A big deal out of it. Yeah, Adama gets his book returned by Rosalind here. She uh, it belongs in your collection, she says. And then she's, uh, she says she's late for a quorum meeting. Adama tells her about the virus and essentially says it's a prelude to an attack by the Cylons. Um, he's not particularly hopeful. And then he brings her the question and he just says, I could use your advice. Of course, we cut away and come back to this, but we can finish it here and then go to Ty Gated, Gaius. But he just says, listen. She may have a solution to the problem. Rosalind reminds him that the Silence are masters of manipulation. They will do anything to confuse you. This is, Adama and Rosalind's conversation is like your internal monologue. Uh, exactly, dude. I was just about to say, this is, Rosalind is saying this shit to me. Like, exactly. they're going to do everything they can to fucking confuse you and get your mind all twisted up. And I'm like, I know, for yep. sure. Yep. You're right. Yep. And she's That'd making points, isn't she? This is not the one who shot me. What did you think of Adama saying that? Uh, I mean, I he was like shot. Shot. And I, mean, I think he says that in such a way that I think he means it only in the most literal sense of the physical Sharon that shot me to death is gone. Like that one is, this is not the literal same one. So there must be, you know, I think he's, he's basically leaving that as room for doubt. 
of like, yep, well, you're right. it, it, it wasn't the same one. This is technically a different Sharon. This this one's physical hands weren't on the gun that shot me. Well, let me say and something like, to you, sounds Mr. Small. Mr. Let me say something to you, Commander Anderson. Can okay. they really be that different? If you mm. ask me if it's possible that your judgment, Matthew, was compromised by this particular model, I'd say yes. But <laughs> we created them, Mr. Anderson. There's always a chance we can find some common ground. Yeah. And dude, what? that is... That is a major wow. thing. That it sounds small, but wow. she's right. It's a good reminder of that you know they are human made and evolved on a path probably not terribly unsimilar to ours. Um, you know there is still an, a, a seed to the to, to the Cylons that is born of a human mind, and like there's something there, man. That that's a really good point, which makes which again honestly makes me trust this Sharon a little more. Like, of like, all right. I mean, if the president, I mean, this is a, these kinds of lines in these shows are massive. They're huge. Yeah. Massive. Because it means that they are starting to think about this differently than before, which was complete and total, total adversarial relationships here. Entirely. Like genocidal adversarial. (laughs) Yeah. They're nothing. They're toasters. They're not human. They're nothing. Right. And now they're they're leaving. To me, that line just leaves at least some room for the possibility of seeing Cylons on an individual level. Of yep. like they're not just a mass mind, hive mind destroying machine. There could be individuals who, with their own individual feelings sure. and thoughts. Uh, so now we get this this moment with Sharon. They bring her on. Uh, she says, "We need to work quickly." Quickly, they they bring her on that man catcher, and they they kind of keep her chained up. And she looks around and she says, "We need to work quickly. We're in borrowed time." Um, she says, hey, Dee, do you still have your dad's pocket knife? <laughs> Dude, I love Dee's reaction. Dude. She just whips her head to Adama like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. <laughs> like, this bitch. It's awesome, like, just though. Just give it to her. Just give it to her. Yeah, That means something. Does. It does. You're like, she asks for really a fiber is... optic uplink. He gives it to her. We then see Dude, the Cylon this... fleet jumping in. Dreadus contact. Here they this come, some... Matthew. Some fucking Terminator 2 shit she's about to do right here. Let me just slice my hand open and jam some Comcast cable up it. Absolutely. Holy shit. The Galacta launches its Vipers. The Cylon fleet is massive. Massive, dude. When you, there's that great shot where it's far away and they almost look like starlights, but you see those little blip, 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 like little flashing ones, and you realize that's individual raiders coming out of, you know, FTL. It's like, oh, fuck, there's so many. And what a cool formation they're in. Like yeah, they're not like that formation. Weird, it's wacky. Like, yeah, it almost looks like a honeycomb. It's like a yeah. huge wall of them. Hell it's yeah. fucking crazy looking, dude. Salon fleet's massive. Uh, she cuts into her arm. The raiders are holding formation, so they're waiting. Yeah. Right. The raiders. Right. She's will saying send, we were going to have, a, we yeah. have a, a moment here because they're going to send a signal that's going to activate the virus mm-hmm. and then shut down all of the ship systems. Yep. And she tells them, "On my mark, Matthew, initiate the computer wipe." Sometimes you have to roll the hard six, right, Commander? Mm-hmm. Good you know shit. what I like about this particular Sharon model? <laughs> <laughs> what? She just reminds me of the Sharon we knew prior to knowing she was a Cylon, which is right. she doesn't, she's not a pushover, she doesn't take shit, and she can be a little cheeky. And that's a cheeky comment to say. And she's not saying mm-hmm. it to be weird and deceitful. She's saying it because that's what Sharon would say. 
Right. Yeah. This is a crazy cool. moment. We're going to have to pull a, a hard six. Not an easy decision. She starts fishing the cable into her arm, bleeding all over the CIC. Sagros. Sagros. Contact is made, she says, but she's a bit woozy here, Matthew. Uh, she gives you order to yeah. wipe the hard drive now. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Because that, and that's something we haven't said yet. Like, what they have to do here is wipe all oh, of yeah. their hard drives. I didn't ever go back to the fucking tie gator. Let me just button yeah, that up well, right now, which is the plan. Sure. Erase the hard drives, cold restart the system, restore them with the, with the, with the pre-war backups. Yeah. Ty, of course, isn't really into it, but Gata says, listen, we, we got to do this. It's the only way to destroy the virus. The only way, which is why, again, guys, such a reminder. You got to have a backup and restore point on Windows 7. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. Or lightning's going to strike your fucking computer, and next thing you know, it's fried. You got nothing. You're not wrong. It's, very, it's crucial. Yep. You're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, but what's crazy about it is that no matter what, even you know when they're going with Sharon's plan and everything, no matter what, their system's... Uh, their whole entire Galactica systems are going to be down for a couple seconds. And Massive. Like, that's that's why Ty is like freaking out still. Of like we're we're just sitting ducks. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's a major freakout. Oh yeah, it should. Be. I mean, so totally. I mean, your automated cannons, your your shields, your everything, visuals, your Dratus to, to even know what's out there. How many? All it's gone. not Nothing. just your computers are going to be off. They're erased, erased. entirely. And in, in that moment, you're reformatting your hard drive while under attack. <laughs> it's terrifying. Fuck, terrifying. man. <laughs> so the ships yeah. get closer, uh, battle becomes imminent, right? And then the weapons are still offline and tie notes are the defenseless. The silent fleet starts moving in. Hundreds of ships, we're told. Dude, yeah. She said us up. moment. <laughs> when she does broadcast the virus and you just see the whole formation of the radars just like Oof. fall apart as they drift out of you know awesome. shape and everything fucking amazing and did you catch too i'd forgotten like i didn't forget but when you see some of the raiders get hit and blow apart and you see the like veins and blood like flying out of them i was like oh yeah i forgot they're like they're like creatures the ships and themselves like, remember when we saw that when uh, uh starbuck got inside of one Yep. Like you can see the the blood <laughs> of the raiders. It's crazy. Crazy. Such a good scene though. They're just like fire away, free weapons, uh, everybody. Does, oh, by the way, it takes it back to the um to the miniseries when they all go adrift. Oh, dude, true. But that, that happened to the uh, to the the uh, Vipers. Yeah. Which is just and it was the original terrifying. CAG. Yeah, that's right. He was killed. But uh man, what a mop up. What a what a horrific defeat. Totally. Horrific. A, no casualties. Right, right. And your and entire a, fleet was lost. That's unprecedented. Yeah. Bad day for the Cylons. Somewhere out there, uh, a, a fucking Leoben is real pissed off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, well, this is all happened before it'll happen again, he says. <laughs> nah, it's fine. I'm not pissed. <laughs> yep. But no, like, what? and what a major... Boost of morale for yeah. them. Like, yeah. I mean, boy, you, you've been not too often do they get to have this kind of military victory against the Cylons. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You're, you're here. You are talking about this. Your concern for Sharon and, and where it's going. And man, is it going to be tough to deny her after this one? Right, right. And that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why my, it's a cool my, ending. You're like, oh, where's this going now? 
Yeah, and that's where my feelings are. I'm like, come on, like, there's got to be, you guys have got to slip her some credit for this. Like, <laughs> we can't just go back to, ah, I don't know, I don't know about her. Like, there's something there, guys, come on. I mean, they got to have she a discussion. She's got to go back to the cell phone oh, now. Yeah. But, oh, for sure, for sure. But um, cut to the ship covered in carbon composite because Hilo shows up and says, who says you need metal? He contributes, I like that. Starbuck has a Me test too. flight. Uh, Blackbird, they call it. Very cool looking ship, I love it. Um, Lee loses her Andreas. He kind of freaks out a little. He's nervous, Nelly, during this whole maiden flight here. I lost her. I lost her. And then she comes back in, and I love the helmet light coming on. Dude, kick that ass. shit is so great. When she it's just zips so away, ass. and you see, like, basically the silhouette of her ship just kind of float up in front of him. And she's like, Yeah, you're not supposed to be able to see me. I'm a stealth ship, you idiot. It looks so Ah, cool when when the the blackness of the ship and just her helmet lights on, and that you just see like this floating cockpit from Lee's perspective. It's a great shot. Where like you see, like you can almost just tell it's there because the stars are blacked out. You're like, wait a minute, there is something blocking them out. You think they're going to use this in a future episode, maybe? Fucking A. (laughs) Dude, if they didn't, I would hate this show forever. (laughs) (laughs) If they never brought it up again, I'd be so pissed. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so awesome, dude. I and then this is my favorite part. This is the, the most touching moment of the series for me personally thus far. I love this shit. Um, we know what Rosalind's going through in her mind. We know what's been going on with the crew. We know what the chief has been going through. We know what they've all been going through. They've all been divided and, and at each other's throats. And, and Dom himself said he wanted to rip her throat out. And, and here they all are gathered for this ship that they have made a decision that they put all this work into it, and in this beautiful gesture, they present it to the leader of the people to to show that they came together to do a task in her honor, and that they're all going to now be back on board, all on the same page again, and doing their thing. And it's yeah. just beautiful. I mean, it's remarkable. It's just a ship. You're too modest after what we've been through. It would be very easy to give up and lose hope, but not here, not today. This is more than a ship. It's an act of faith. It's proof that despite all we've lost, that we keep trying and we will get through this together, I promise. And then he la- and then after that, he lays it on her. And man, her reaction to the reveal of her name being on the ship is priceless. Yeah, She's so good. She's so good. <laughs> I mean, what an so overwhelming good. moment that would be for anybody. Going what <laughs> she's going through, 40-something in line of succession, Boy, and going through having been, you know, seen as a traitor and been in the brig like a week just ago, just like a ago? couple weeks ago. Yeah, and now we're back to it's, a united front. It's heavy. I mean, to see Ty actually smiling <laughs> for real, it's true. It, it, there's there's a real, and for me, the strongest line through this this scene is again seeing everybody recognize how much of a contributor fucking chief is man yeah he's so easy to dog on you know he's he's the knuckle dragger he's just the guy keeping shit you know he's not the big on the front lines prominent hero he doesn't get that credit very often and here he is with right. this fucking undeniably successful badass ship that was 100 percent his idea and he rallied everybody to help him with it all the way through to the point where the president herself is going to come down and look at it Yep. And be there for And you know thing. what? You know, like, you ask yeah, anybody in, in real life military, American military, Navy, this type of non-commissioned officer with his years of experience has the respect of people, which is probably oh, yeah. why yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he had a, he had 
he had a couple of hurdles, but not as many as somebody else because he's put the time in, he's put the work in, he's determined, he leads by example, and um, it's it's huge. Right. It's a great moment. But none of this would have been possible if you hadn't trusted the Cylon, she tells Adama. Mm-hmm. I took your advice, right. men on Common Ground. We both wanted to live. Man, we're saying a lot of good things here that should be making Matt very excited. <laughs> and I am. Don't get me wrong, I am. So the chief coach to see Sharon, and it ends as you as I we've already kind of talked about the scene, and that I personally am a huge fan of, and it's essentially the That's end the of the episode, right? Like, and I'm a big fan of this. I just I think I feel worse for for Chief. I still feel bad for Chief in this moment. Yeah, you know, hopefully, like I'm hoping for reconciliation between the two. I hope that Chief comes away from this feeling better, and there's something more for him. But I still feel like you know he's finished his big project that was a success. But even after that, he's still like, well, now what do I do with myself? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and wanting to make some kind of connection again with her. And I'm like, ah, but that's a rough spot. It's tough. <laughs> just feel bad for him. Yep. Because awesome. I love him. Because I love him, Dean. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Like I said, I took it more as like of a closure piece. I know I said at yeah. the front, I just want to remind people. But um, closure and connection. I think maybe both. Maybe a little bit of both we're getting here. Yeah. I and I don't mean closure, like, okay, now we're done, but I mean, right, she's going right. to be on but the just, ship. They have to put something to bed. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. They can't go on being around one another and him being around Hilo without yeah. fucking addressing some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly, and I think the episode did it. But um, that's the end of the episode, sir. It is over. Done. Over. Done. <laughs> Anything else you want to say Although, about uh, Flight of the Phoenix, the ninth episode of the second season? Well, I will. I will happily admit... After talking to you about it, I'm higher than I was when we started. That's wow! How thinking about, about that. some of these moments, um, yeah, and like it's still it's not one of those like fucking blow my shoes off, amazing. I'm jizzing everywhere episodes, but it is a solid fucking episode. Wow. And I enjoyed watching it, and I enjoyed thinking more about some of the scenes with you, of course, because you have a good perspective. Yeah, um, well, I, and I have, and episode. I, I have a, I have a, you know, I. It's cool because that's why I'm so fascinated by a first time perspective. I don't, I don't get that ever. <laughs> like there's very few people I know that I mean, you're covering a show and you don't even know what's happening next. That's great. That's really unique and fun for us. We kind of stumbled on it, but, um, and I think, you know, there's something to be said about, and this might just be a side conversation about podcasting in general, but there's something to be said about watching something and then going right to podcasting about it and getting that feeling. But there's something to be said about watching something, digesting it and thinking about it, for sure. thinking about for it, sure. rewatching a couple scenes and then going in. Um, I don't know if one way is better than the other. I personally like to to go in with it ahead. I don't like that last, to me, it feels like last minute Larry, kind of like, I'm going in, and and I haven't really had much time to even think about it, and now I'm supposed to talk mm-hmm. about it. So, like, for me, it doesn't work. I know that works better for you. It does work for me sometimes. Usually, if it's a movie I've already seen. Oh, if I, if, if I could do it exactly the way I wanted to, if time was just, you know, <laughs> that I had all the time I could ever fucking manage, uh, the, my favorite way to do it would be, you know, let's say we're recording a on a fun Wednesday watch or and then a... Yes. And yeah. you know what it would yep. be? The, the fun watch would be like I do that Monday night. And then yep. the intensive watch I do uh, 30 minutes before because it's super fresh to me and I've already been thinking about it and now I can take notes. I like, ha- I like coming off of a very, very fresh watch so that, I mean, all of it is super fresh in my brain. Absolutely. But I do agree with the idea of like 
sometimes having a day or so to think about it and and the things that matter the most to you pop up in your head later. Sure. You know, they, they kind of sort themselves out from the other things of like, this is the stuff that I'm really remembering and thinking. Hard you know, about. And, and it kind of begs the question on just like, Film criticism in general, because I, we're we're not. We've said we we're fond of saying at LSG Media we are not critics. We're commentators. <laughs> we're commentators, and I guess entertainers in a certain in a certain sense. And um, you know, I, I wonder about that. People exit a theater, and everyone wants to talk about it right then. And sometimes I'm like, I, you know, I, my initial impressions are it's kind of cool. I, I want to think about it though. I want to yeah, think about my feelings about it. Yeah, and no, uh, sometimes that infuriates people. <laughs> I know. I know. You know? This is, I don't want to go I guess, too far down a tangent, but like there are, you know, there's such a rush now for like, there is. you know, critics to get their thoughts out about a movie like a few hours after they see it, like, or the next morning. And I'm like, dude, sometimes for certain things, like Hereditary, holy shit. If you had asked me to write a review of Hereditary, I'd be like, let me get back to you in like a week. I got to like think about this. For sure. Movie. I got to yep, sort out my that. feelings about this fucking movie. It's going to take me a while. Jurassic, um, I could not whatever just, the fuck it's called, maybe not. Hey, I'll give you one in 15 minutes, baby. Yeah, <laughs> no maybe problem. Yeah, but yeah, but no, anyways, but yeah, awesome. no, this is this is overall, man, good fucking episode. Like, like I said, there has not been a bad episode of the show to me. Yeah, there's been clunky moments for sure. Clunky in, moments in episodes no that have episodes. been a little like Final Cut had some clunky moments, but a couple of cool moments as well. But nothing where you're like, God, I, I could never, <laughs> I could never watch this again and be happy. <laughs> or, 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 or I will actively never watch this again. I guess there's a better way to say it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, next week, do we have an episode in store for Mr. Randerson? Ooh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Avoid all spoilers. Now, do, it's a good do one. Do you – I'm just going to ask one thing. Obviously, don't spoil if you if – you, I'll just tell you the name spoilers. of it because it doesn't tell you anything. It's just called Pegasus. Okay. 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 Well, I'm going to ask – are you saying boy when an episode because cr- just like crazy shit happens in general or specifically things and characters that I care about crazy shit happens with? I think I'm saying oh boy in general because you're going to say holy fucking shit. This is so wild. What possibilities could this bring? Nah. <laughs> so, okay. So it's going to be another one of fucking Morty's mind blowers for me is what it's going to be. I, fucking- I don't think it's going to be a Morty's mind blowers in the strictest sense. I think, I think it's going to be, I think you're going to easily digest and understand the ramifications of next week's episode. Ooh. That's my tease. Got me all bonered up for it. That's my tease. I love it. All right. I'm yep. fucking looking forward to that. Yeah. Fired the fuck up, man. But anyway, Fire we are going to get out of here. Thanks to everyone who turned up in the live chat. And, uh, we're going to, uh, I think they all kind of left. It's getting late. <laughs> they did indeed. All right. Well, we are going to, uh, we're going to get out of here. And um, I guess that's it. Tell these people good night, Mr. Anderson. Farewell, you space bastards. <laughs>